0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. I'm, I'm just going to be sad when this series is over because I like the music so much, but... Uh... Welcome to church today. We're so glad you're with us. Can we give our guest a great clap this morning? Welcome to church. It's an honor for you to be with us today. It's an honor to see the church growing and healthy and strong, and so it's really great. Uh, I know that Eli did his best to get through some announcements, but I want to reiterate a couple of those if I can. The first one I want to just invite you to, if you're married, is to our Exo marriage Conference, So hugs and kisses Marriage conference. Amen to that. Um, listen, it's going to be a really ex- uh, encouraging experience and we're we're turning this into a conference. So this isn't just you know coming to church. It's going to be conference atmosphere. And when you come in from registration, we've got gifts for you. We're going to have a dinner on Friday night that's part of the of the party. We're going to have snacks for you. We've got a journal for you. We have a gift for you. And so it's going to be great. And then on Friday night after that session, we're having an after party. And so if you've never been part of an after party, it just means we party a little more. And um, and I've heard rumors, and I, I can't verify it as true yet, but I understand there might be line dancing as part of the after party. So I, I hope so, um, just as a just as a little joke, but I've heard that Baptists don't like dancing because it leads to sex. Um, And so, um, so listen, I say that in a marriage conference, we should have a lot of dancing. That's all I'm saying. That ought to increase registration right there. There is a a registration fee. All of that is included in it. You can register online at our website. And I'm I'm asking you to do me a favor and that's register now, register today, because we as a team need to know to the best of our abilities, are we gonna have 50 couples here or 120 couples here? Because we plan a little different based on the number of people that register. And so after church today, after you've gone and broken your fast at lunch today, uh, go home, pull up our website and register, maybe have a quick conversation with your wife and say, do you think we ought to go? And wife say, absolutely, and then register. So also to help you, I'm going to send you an email today. And this afternoon, you're gonna get an email and it's just gonna be an invite to the EXO Marriage Conference with a link to our website so that you can register. And so I anticipate coming in to church tomorrow morning and our team tell me we have 65 Couples signed up, and so that'll be a great start to help us know what we're doing. So can I get an amen with that? Amen. Thank you, thank you. Couples, do it, do it, do it, do it. All right. Um, Listen, today also we're breaking our fast. Um, We have, today is completing the 21 days of, of fasting as a church, and I'm so proud of this church that has taken the first part of our year and really just pressed in to seek God through fasting and prayer and And so today is the the final part of that, and it's exciting to have spent this time with the Lord, and I feel like as a church, we're going to reap the benefits of that this year as we have sought the Lord, humbly seeking God. Uh, Pastor Ron McGee, uh, before the first service, gave me this chocolate, and he's out at, by the way, the life groups out there, and he um, he gave me this chocolate and, and said, you know, this is the best chocolate you'll ever eat. And so if you want some of that chocolate, it's out there at his, his booth there, his table. But, but he gave it to me before first service. And I just want you to know, because I love you so much, I broke the fast first service, but I didn't eat the chocolate because I wanted to wait on second service. Because, and, and listen, they came first service so they could get to their, you know, their unhealthy eating quicker. Um, you all are just more holy. You've waited longer um, before you get to break your fast. Um, Speaking of the life groups, uh, there is a uh, a whole place out there for you to find a group, and there is one group I want to draw your attention to, and it's called Rooted, and our church has seen so many people, since we've moved in this building, give their life to Christ. As a matter of fact, every Sunday that we've been here, people have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, so that's so good. Our leadership team feels the responsibility though to shepherd people as they have given their life to Christ. And this, this group is called Rooted. And so if you are new to your walk with God, uh, I would like to invite you to go into that room in the cafe there and sign up for that group. That will help you take your next steps as a, as a new follower in Jesus Christ. And so that's for you specifically. And so, so take advantage of that class and let it strengthen your walk with God. Can I get an amen? amen. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you that, that in our church, God, we're seeing people give their life to Christ. We're also experiencing through this fast a, an increase of our awareness of your spirit and your presence, God. And Lord, I believe that as we have been fasting as a church, that, that it is preparing us for all that, you, that is ahead for us this year. Lord, we have said all, all month long that this is our year. And, and I believe that prophetically, God, because we have been seeking you. And so, Father, let this be our day today, that we experience you in a greater way. Uh, I ask that you'd move through this message to strengthen your church body. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I've been thinking about this message because we're ending the fast, and I wanted to come up with the the right topic that would help us end the fast together. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking that, you know, we have grown close to God through these 21 days, and I don't want to lose the momentum that we have begun with our walk with God. I I don't want to have had a season where we drew close to God in January and then February we just kinda walk away from it. And so what I wanna do is to talk to us today about a a spiritual rhythm that will keep us close to God all year long. And so in keeping with my series, I'm calling this Reset My Spiritual Rhythm so that we can have a, a pattern in our life that helps us to just stay close to God after the fast and all year long. Now I believe that we need a rhythm in our life. We need a we need a way that that is a pattern of our life that keeps us to connected to God. We need to we need to be able to flow through the the events of life and we need a season or a day where we seek God and we connect with him and then we go to work and then we, we play with our family and then we, we do whatever you know is in our life and parent and then we, we're back to God and so we need this rhythm in our life of staying connected to God and, and I've loved the fast for so many reasons I've loved that through the fast, I have felt closer to God. I, I love the fast that I feel like my spiritual awareness of what the Lord is doing is, is heightened in this season. Uh, I found in a fast that it reveals weaknesses in my life and, and that's healthy because now I can make changes in my life. I believe with a fast, I've been able to specifically pray for some things, and I believe that as we have fasted and prayed, there's there's power in those prayers, and so so many things. And so I don't want to complete that fast and then just move along and like, hey, it's over, January's over, and I'm back to normal life. That's far from God, or drifting away from God, and 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 I don't want that in our life. And I believe that God is a is a God that that installs rhythms in our life, and. As a matter of fact, God is rhythmic, meaning that there are rhythms that he has set up. As an example, he set days and nights, a rhythm of days and nights. There are days of the week. You know, God created the heavens and the earth, and for six days. On the seventh day, he rested. And he set a pattern there, a rhythm of life. We know there are cycles that the sun and the moon are in a rhythm. There are seasons like spring and summer, fall and winter that are in a rhythm that God has set, a rhythm. There are harvest seasons. There are seasons where we, we see the flowers bloom. We see the season where they, they fade. There are seasons where the trees produce fruit and the season that they fall off the trees. And there's just a, a rhythm to life. And I believe there's a spiritual rhythm that we can follow that will keep us in tune or connected to God and we won't lose ground in our walk with God. I think of life sometimes like we are in a, a stream and the stream is just flowing and there's, there's busyness of life and there's just the, just the things that are going on in our life and parenting and things that just draw our attention away. And, and if we're not really paying attention to our walk with God, we'll just kind of drift down and maybe further away from our closeness with God. As believers, though, I think it's important that we that that knowing that the river is kind of going that way, that we we point ourselves upstream towards God, that we have our eyes forward on Him, but we have our our motor running that's against the downward stream so that we're moving forward in God. But the moment we as believers turn off that motor, we we get out of the rhythms of God, then it's easy for us just to drift. Now I'm not saying we fall into deep sin, but just that that sensitivity and that closeness with God tends to just drift apart, and we don't want that for our life. And so today I'm going to look at the the rhythms that God gave the Israelites. This is Old Testament uh, material that I'm going to share with you, but the Israelites, like us, had a tendency to to drift in their walk with God, and and He set in pattern, or He he gave them a framework of life to live through seasons where they celebrated through what's called feasts and festivals. And these feasts and festivals are reminders to them that God is good. They were reminders that God has provided for them. They're reminders that God is protecting them. And so as God instituted these feasts and festivals throughout the year, it was a rhythm that they would stay connected to the goodness of God. So I want to share with you seven seasons that God has appointed for the Israelites that reminded them of God's goodness. So starting in the book of Leviticus, it says this in Leviticus 23. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feast of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, which are like gatherings and celebrations. And he said, these are my feasts. So he gave these instructions. So in Leviticus 23.3, it goes on to say, you have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of complete rest. And so we find the rhythm, work six, rest one. That's God's rhythm. He said, this is an official day of a holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath and it must be observed wherever you live. In addition to the Sabbath, now the Lord has appointed these festivals and these feasts and these are official days of holy assembly that are celebrated at the proper times in a rhythm each year. And so I'm going to share these seven feasts with you that were part of the the rhythm of that and it's probably going to be more information than you really want but I'm gonna just drive it to a point you understand that rhythms are a part of God's way of life. And so looking at these feasts, there are seven feasts that God instituted for the Israelites. There are four in the spring and three in the fall. And the first one is called Passover. And this was the first feast and the first festival of the Israelites. Remember, celebrated sometime in the season of, for us would be April, so a spring festival. Now this is one of the festivals that is to remind the Israelites that God had set the Israelites free from captivity of the Egyptians. So if you know the story, they had um, been captive under the Egyptian rule for, for 400 years and then God began to set them free. He sent Moses and he brought the plagues. And so through these plagues, God began to convince Pharaoh to free God's people. Well, the last plague was this angel of death that is going to sweep through all of that area there. And the angel of death would be there to to kill the firstborn children. And it was the the convincing blow to free God's people. But God said to his people to take a lamb, sacrifice it, and take the blood and sprinkle it over the, the doorpost of their home. So that night when the angel of death came through, it would see the blood and pass over their house. They would be protected and safe, and that angel would move on to those that weren't under the blood of that lamb. And so they do this Passover annually to remember that God had saved them from the Egyptians. Now, I can't help but see that story and reflect immediately on the fact that that I am saved, that those who have accepted Jesus Christ are saved from death by the blood of Jesus Christ and that because we accept him as our Lord and Savior, then death passes us over and we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Try that again. (laughs) Through Jesus Christ. There you go. I I thought you, you had that. So that's the Passover feast, and they do that every year to remember their salvation. Then the second is the unleavened bread. Now this is another feast in the festival immediately following the first one, and this is where they remember their freedom from the Egyptians when they left really fast or quickly from Egypt. And so God delivered him with that last plague. Pharaoh said, get out of here. And they did not have time to, to finish letting their bread have the yeast in it to rise. And so they grabbed their unleavened bread and they took off. And so when they celebrate this every year, they use that unleavened bread as a way to remember that God had delivered them out of Egypt. So one thing is they're saved, but now they're walking out of the oppression. They're walking out of their bondages and that reminds them. And so every year they take that unleavened bread and it's a festival for them to remember that God has walked them out of the oppressions and the slaveries of life. And and again, I can't help but see that story and take a moment and realize that through Jesus Christ, that he has saved me. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm I'm walking out of the the condemnation of my sin and I'm walking out of the, the, the issues of my life that have held me back and any addictions that have come into our life. We have the power of God to break us free and we get to walk out of that. And if you're like me, you're really grateful that God sent his son, Jesus Christ. And I don't need a festival for me to raise my hand and say, Lord, thank you for saving me and delivering me. so they celebrate that festival the third is the first fruits this is the third festival first fruits festival and it is there to remind the israelites of god's provision when they reached the promised land so god had saved them he freed them they walked out of that and they entered in the promised land and there God provided for them the crops and the ability to to grow and to have their their wheats and their harvests and their barley and all their foods and their, their fruits and it came out of that promised land. And so their first fruits festival is a reminder to them that God brought them out but brought them in and now he has provided for them the ability to have what they need for their life. And so what they would do is they would bring what is called their first fruit offering to God. Before they even consumed any of this first harvest, so this is in the spring, so before they consumed any of it, before they used it on their cell, ate it for themselves or they sold it, they would take a portion, the first portion of that first fruit and they bring it to God and they would say, God, we are so thankful that you are providing and we are grateful and here is our offering, our act of worship. Here is our wheat. Here is our barley. Here is from our first fruits and they would give it to God and then they would say, God, as we give it at the beginning of the season, would you bless the rest of our growing season? Well, again, we can easily see that Today, I mean, most of us aren't farmers. And, and so you don't bring to church, you know, farming stuff. Like, you don't bring your wheat to church today. Um, so what do we do? We earn money. And so we, we bring the first fruits of our money. And we take the first that God has given us. And before we have consumed whatever income we've made that month or that week, before we consume that, we, we bring it to our church and we offer it to God and we say, God, we are so grateful that you have saved me and you have freed me and now you're providing everything that I have is yours. And so God, I, I give it to you as an offering, my worship to you. And also God, would you bless the rest of my week and the rest of my month. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. Then there's the festival of weeks. This is seven full weeks after the first fruits, So seven weeks after. So seven times seven, 49 days. And they said on the very next day, start the Feast of Weeks, which is the 50th day. We know this today as what we call Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost, penta is meaning 50. And so they had Pentecost. They had their, fir- they had their festival of weeks, 50th day after their crops had had their, their first fruit offering. And so we, we know it that, but then this was a festival to celebrate their abundance that God had been providing for them. So now we're into their growing season and now they're bringing out of their abundance an offering to God and they bring it and they were told to bring it to Jerusalem and make a, a pilgrimage. And so they would bring this offering to God and they would bring whatever they had been producing and they'd bring it and they'd yeah. offer it to God and they would say, thank you God for this abundance that you've been providing for us in our life. And it reminded them that through God was their provision. So this festival was held in Jerusalem and the Israelites would, would come and have this massive celebration in the city there. At this festival though, if you just wanna jump to the New Testament for just a moment, I'll remind you that this is the festival that that the disciples were gathered in the upper room. This is now 50 days after the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. 50 days later, there's this celebration in Jerusalem. Now they're coming out of a legal law to bring their offering to God. The disciples now are in the upper room and they're praying because God said, go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. While the city is celebrating this law, God sends his spirit to fall on those disciples and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They have an abundance of the spirit inside of them now. I think it's interesting that they were celebrating a a natural abundance and God sent a spiritual abundance upon those that were trusting in Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that you can trust God for a spiritual abundance in your life and he will fill you with the Holy Spirit and he will fill you to capacity to where you will know him and follow him and you can look to him every day and say, you are my abundance. Amen. Amen. It's interesting, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they went out of that upper room and they they began to preach in the streets and Peter preached a powerful message and the Bible says that 3,000 people believed in Jesus Christ that day and they started the very first church on the day of Pentecost. So what we're gonna do, by the way, after Easter, 49 days and on the 50th day we're going to have a service here on our Sunday and it'll be our Pentecost Sunday and we're going to talk about the, the Holy Spirit filling the church and we're going to pray for God to fill your life with the power of the Holy Spirit and we're going to kick off a series on the Holy Spirit tied to the rhythm of God. Amen? Amen. It's going to be great, isn't it? Go ahead and mark your calendar. I'm not missing that day. Well, I don't want, I'm going to be here, i tell you that. Woo! All right, so that concluded the, the fall festivals. Now we have I'm sorry, the spring festivals. Now we have the fall festivals. And I'm gonna move a little quicker out of time's sake because I have a lot more to tell you. So let me just say this: that the Feast of Trumpets is the first of the fall festivals. And this is where they, they blew a trumpet and they they shouted out loud to commemorate the end of the agricultural season. And this was the beginning of a season of rest for them. And so they would take off from all their work and they would rest and they would celebrate their agricultural season. This is also, if you follow the Jewish calendar at all, which is probably something you should consider looking at, but it's the Jewish new year and it's called Rosh Hashanah. And um, so, so much with that, but that's the Feast of Trumpets. The, The sixth festival is the Day of Atonement. Now this is the most solemn of all their festivals. And this is a holy day, the holiest days of all their festivals. And this is the day that the high priest would enter into the, the most innermost area room of the temple where they believed that God's presence rested in that specific room. And the priest would only go in there once a year at this time and he would offer special sacrifices on the behalf of all of Israel. And this was what would then, then forgive all the sins of a nation that way. And so it was the day of atonement for them. And so that was a holy day. And then the last day is the, uh, the last festival is the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is back to the reminder of the Israelites of when when they uh, had been released from their captivity of the Egyptians and they they wandered for 40 years in the desert. And in that period of time, they, they had tents that they lived in. And so they would set up and break down tents And so this festival, they actually go outside the city and they stay in tents for a week. And that was how they, they went camping for a week to celebrate that God had been faithful to them. And what they were celebrating is in a season of their their journey with God, where they had no provision, they had no water, they had no food, they had no protection, they had no homes, they had no direction in the natural, but they had God that did all that for them and so now as they celebrate, they look back and they, they think that, well, we had nothing, but we had everything because we had God. And I want to say to you, you may be in a position in your life where you feel like there's not enough money, there's not enough of this, and I don't have enough protection. I don't have everything I need in my life. And naturally I can't get it done. But I want to say to you, you can be just like those Israelites and you can say, I may not have everything I need in the natural, but I have enough because I have God and he will care me. Me, he will protect me, he will provide for me. If you'll lean into him, that's pretty good preaching. <laughs> Better yet, that's, that's a great word in the scriptures. That's, that's why it's good preaching. Well, I want you to know that as a church and as New Testament believers, we are under no obligation to follow those seven feasts. Matter of fact, the Bible says this in Colossians 2.16, it says, therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, or a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath. Verse 17 says, these are a shadow of the things that were to come, the reality. This is our reality. However, it is found in Jesus Christ. And so, when you see those festivals, that's why I can take that festival and go, Well, that was for them, but God has something for us through Jesus Christ. And so, everything we need is found in Jesus Christ. Now, we're in no obligation, but I do believe it's it's beneficial to see spiritual rhythms that God set up for the Israelites and believe that God probably has spiritual rhythms for us to follow that are are beneficial to us to stay close to God. Now, I want to say to you, everything I'm going to share with you is your decision to follow God because I'm not going to bring a legalistic law on top of of New Testament faith, all right? So what I'm going to say to you is, is these are the the best recommendations. These are like, you ought to do it, but you don't have to do it. This is like if, if you, if you are one of those people who say, well, I do things because I love God, not because I have to do it, right? And so I'm gonna tell you some things that because you love God are rhythms to your life. And so first of all, I wanna say that I think that this whole thing of, of feasting, you know they had feasts and festivals, this, this way of celebrating the goodness of God just might need to be part of our rhythms of our walk with God. Now, I've never really heard anybody talk about this, to be honest, but as I was studying, I was like, I like feasting. I'm like, I like a party. I'm all for a little celebration. Some churches are known for fasting. I'm like, what if we're known for our feasting? Amen. Especially on the 21st day of a fast. I'm like, let's do that. And I'm going to be feasting today. K38, I'm on my way. And if you get there before me, save me a table over there, would you? <laughs> Feasting. Well, let's, let's think about that for just a second. The, the principle of a feast was to remind them of the goodness and the provision and the protection of God. What if we put in our rhythm of life some moments and seasons where we, we have a, a feast for the purpose of remembering something God has done in our life? So maybe your your celebration would be like, we're going to celebrate someone's baptism. And so maybe last week we had this baptism and and after that we went over to my niece's house and and we celebrated with food the the fact that their child was baptized. And and it it was a wonderful celebration that remembered what God had done in their family, in their life. And and to me, that's a great feast. That's a biblical feast, a spiritual feast. Maybe though you think about it in terms of like the birth of Christ at Christmas and you have, you have a, a special dinner, a special celebration. You invite your family and friends over and you, and you talk about Christ and you remember what he did and then you eat a big meal together. Maybe it's Easter, Resurrection Sunday and you have a big meal together. Maybe it's after a wedding or maybe you got this new job that you've been praying about and you invite your friends over and you go, I want to tell you the blessings of God and you share your story and then you say, now let's eat together. Let's have a feast, amen? Y'all into feasting? Hell yeah. Our church is gonna turn 20 this, this spring. And so we're gonna have the, 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 the feast and festival of turning 20 this spring. And, and not to be silly and all that just because we turned 20, but to remember that for 20 years, God has been good and faithful and has carried us through ups and downs of our church. And so, so when, I have a, when I throw a big party, I'm inviting you to our feast and festival, amen? Amen. So listen, if you're going to have a feast, you know, make a spiritual purpose out of it, invite your guests, set aside time to talk about God, um, say a prayer of thankfulness, and then abundantly eat and, and drink and enjoy the benefits of having your family and friends around, amen? So that's just one thought. I, I can't even say that's, a, that's, that's just thus of Tim, and um, you can just take that rabbit trail with me and, and have a feast. Today, when I go have my, my chips at K38, before I do, I'm going to say, God, I'm so thankful that you have been in my life for these 21 days and I've sought you and it's been so good. Listen, I'm gonna turn that into a spiritual moment and then I'm just gonna feast. <laughs> Chips and queso, amen? <laughs> Let me give you a couple quick ways to have a spiritual rhythm in your life. The first I wanna share with you, if you, if you wanna stay close to God, if you wanna work and, and maybe not work, but to, to, to put yourself in the stream and, and point upstream and keep your motor running so you don't drift away from God. Uh, the first one I'll tell you is that it's necessary to our spiritual life, our daily devotions, spending just a little time with the Lord. And, and I believe the morning honestly is the very best time to do that. Now I know there are, you know, young moms that are you know, the kids are beating you up and I don't mean, I mean, waking up before you. <laughs> but, and you know, and you're trying to figure it all out. So, you know, at your best convenient time, I get that. But I think that if you can spend some time with the Lord before you run into your day and you can say, God, uh, I, I, I want to pray today and, and I, I want to invite you into my day. And, and Holy Spirit, would you refresh me today? Would you give me? The ability to overcome temptations today, and and God, there's uh, you know someone in my life I'm frustrated with, and will you help me to forgive them today? And uh, you know just all those types of things, and you just have a moment with the Lord, and you and you pray, uh, the the devotion time with God. There's a verse in Luke chapter five sixteen. It says Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So Jesus prayed, he sought the Lord in. That, that's something important to us in our, our daily devotions, the rhythm. Also in Matthew 4, 4, it says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, we, we need the word of God. You want to hear God? You can hear him through his word, and you can feed your, your, your spirit life through the word of God. I believe that we need to feed our spiritual life I think it's just as important to feed your spiritual life as it is for food and water for your natural life. And so daily devotions are, are just important to that rhythm of your life. And, and if that's new to you, just setting aside, start simple, go five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it takes and just, just pray and start connecting with God in the morning and, and let his spirit begin to grow in you and, and your, your interest in spending more time with God and, and start there. So your, your daily devotions. The second is weekly worship. So I believe that daily devotions are important. That's private, it's personal, but there's a, a need for us to have weekly worship times and we're gathered here today and, and, and I'm, I'm, I applaud you for coming out today and uh, I'm humbled that you're here, but to be honest with you, you didn't come for me. You came because you wanna honor God and and you want him to lead your life and and I like that that church is on Sunday which is our beginning of our week and so you come and you get filled with God and you worship and as you're worshiping God you're centering your heart on him and you're saying God uh, my life is yours and I'm dedicating to you all fresh and new and Anything in my past week that caused me to drift a little bit, God, I'm right back with you. God, I love you. And it it centers our life. And there's nothing that can center and keep you on track like your daily devotions, but including your weekly worship with God. The Bible says this in the book of uh, Luke. It says that Jesus, as he was in his fast and he was speaking to the enemy, but he said it's written that we should worship the Lord our God or your God and serve him only. And so when church we come and we worship God and we, we serve and, and you know, like there are people right now in our kids ministry serving and, and I want you to know that I, I applaud their heart because what they're doing is, is they've found another way to honor God with their life out of their gratitude. They're not back there because they have a job, they're back there because they love God and they wanna be a part of what God is doing in this community. We need to worship God. As I was reading through those those festivals, I was reflecting on on my life and and the gratitude that I have in Jesus. And I know those were Old Testament festivals, but I see it through the lens of of what Christ has done in my life. And and I'm grateful that our worship team, they do a phenomenal job. They're, they're, They're beautiful and wonderful in so many ways. But to be honest with you, it really doesn't matter to me how good they are because I don't come for them. I I don't, I I stand right over here by my bride and man, I worship, my hands are up. And, And the reason my hands and I'm all in worship is because I have an attitude of this gratitude of my salvation in my life. And if it weren't for the blood of Jesus that has set me free and has saved me and given me a brand new life, well, I'd, I'd probably be a mess somewhere. I'd be chasing things in the world. I don't know what I'd be doing, but, but it wouldn't be what I have today. I can guarantee you that. When I think about the Israelites that were walking out of their of their bondage and I'm thinking about the, the things that God has strengthened me to walk out of my bondages. And, and I know there's a lot of people here today that are part of like Celebrate Recovery and you could testify all day about all the hang-ups and habits and the, the, the things that have held you back and the addictions in your life and God has, has set you free and so you're walking it out today by the power of God. Listen, if you wanna find some people know how to worship, you ought to go to Celebrate Recovery because they get it. They're like, I am so grateful. Listen, we need that attitude in this church body. I, listen, I don't know what you've come through. I actually lived a pretty, you know, pretty easy life. I didn't have to overcome too much. But it didn't take much for me to remember that if it weren't for God, my life would not be where it is today and I need him for everything in my life. So worship ought to be exciting. And it is, y'all are great. Next week when you come though, you ought to consider raising the level a little bit in your own worship. Now I mean, lift your hands. I don't mean, you know, run around and, and be a mess, just, but just, just your whole heart giving to God next week. Can you do that with me? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm landing the plane right here. Um, so we have our daily devotions and we have our, our weekly worship and, and those are things that, that keep us from drifting. And I believe that if you'll do those two things particularly, then, then, you know, as hard as that river may try to drag you down, you're going to be locked forward. I believe as many times the enemy tries to distract you and, and as many times as busyness of life and the many times that hardships come and... And when the difficulties of 2024 come along, when the political season comes and everybody's crazy, you're gonna need something that keeps you aligned with what God is doing and God is saying in your life. And you're gonna need your motor running forward and not drift down, amen? Weekly worship, daily devotion. Last is just regular fasting and potentially adding a feast in. Because why not? Celebrate the goodness of God fasting we fast as a church for 21 days in January but maybe this year you you run into a season that that is maybe extra difficult and you want to fast and press through it maybe you're you're run into a season that that you're about to begin something new and you're like I want to invite God into it through a fast and so maybe there's occasions throughout the year that you fast and and then also, as I talked about with feasting, maybe, you, maybe you're kind of like the, the Israelite pattern. They had a spring and they had a, a fall feast season. So maybe you set up a, something in the spring and you invite your friends and family over and you say, listen, I'm here for no other reason than just to remember how good God is. Would you celebrate with me? And, and I bet you people will. Amen. So, if you don't want to drift... And I know you don't. Set a rhythm. God's about the rhythms, I believe. It'll keep you close to God. In 2024, you want to stay close to God. God will bless you. So we're going to close our, our fast with communion together. When you came in today, we, we put a communion cup in your hand. if you don't have a communion cup, our, our usher, amazing ushers are Ready to bring one to your seat. And you can just raise your hand if you're missing a cup. They want to get one to you. Raise it up real high. Wave it around. We want everybody to be a part of this. Joe over behind you on that side. Oh, I think they got it. Is there anybody else got it? There she good. Hey, right here in the middle. Right here in the middle. Thank you, Jason. You guys are a blessing. Would you stand up with me? So communion is a feast. If you you really think about the, the feast of the Old Testament, and then the Bible says that, how Jesus is the fulfillment of all those feasts. And those feasts of the Old Testament were to remind them of the goodness of God. And the Bible teaches us that, that we are instructed to, to take communion, to remember Christ. It's the same principle. Like you read the Old Testament, you find it all in the New Testament. It's just so great. And so the Bible says as often as you take this, remember Christ. And what are we remembering? And so that's what I want to lead you to. And you can take your cup and open the top portion where the bread is. And it's unleavened bread. So we're remembering Christ. And this is where we remember that that his body was broken, that he was beaten and he was whipped and his body was broken for us. Meaning that God poured sin upon him. And he took the things that you and I have done and he he put that on Jesus. And so he took the punishment that you and I deserve. And that was that beating. That's why his body's broken. It was the punishment that he took. So you and I aren't punished. We are not condemned to eternal life without God. And his body was broken and he took that punishment. So when you take this bread in just such a powerful moment to remember that he took his punishment so that we don't take punishment for our sins and all who believe in him are free from that punishment. Father, thank you for this bread and we take this to remember Jesus Christ. And the juice. It's just symbolic of the blood that he shed for us. And we read in the scriptures how he was pierced in the side and water and blood came out. And he bled for us. In the scriptures it teaches us that, that this is the, the covenant, the new covenant, meaning this is the the relationship that is formed because he did this for us. And so we have a relationship with God that lasts forever. When you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life, and that's the the promise of his blood that was shed. And when you take of this juice today, you are saying, God, I receive forgiveness because of the bread, and I receive this new life forever in you, and you did it for me, and we remember Christ. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed. Hallelujah. 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 Today you're here and potentially you haven't ever made a decision to follow Christ. And you've experienced all of this together and you even took communion and it's okay. Because what it does is it helps me to relay to you that, that God loves you. And he wants to forgive you of your sins. And he wants you to have eternal life forever in him. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, then today is that day of salvation. If you've never stopped and said, God, I I recognize Jesus, that he saved me. And what are you saved from? You're saved from that eternal punishment, right? You're saved from that. That's why we say you're saved. And without Jesus, then you're not saved. And so in this moment, I'm giving everyone an opportunity to, to be saved and have your sins forgiven and have eternal life. Would you bow your heads? Father, if there's anyone in this room that is ready to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, give them the courage to take a step, to raise their hand. And when I count to three, if that's you, just raise your hand real quick. One, two, three. Is that you? Anybody in the room? Raise it high so I can see you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. See your hand. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He came to earth. His body was broken so he could take my punishment. I receive forgiveness. I also receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. I love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus a clap? (laughs) Such a special day. Well, listen, we're going to take just three or four minutes for a really important part of our service, but our prayer teams, go ahead and make your way down while I'm explaining. So normally at the end of service, we have communion. You've already had communion, so we're not going to do communion. So we're going to turn this just into a fast miracle moment. How about that? Like, I think God's in the business of miracles. What was that song again? Faith for it. it. Thank you. I was thinking, you know, like, I don't have to work up faith because God gives us faith. So we have faith for it. And no one's going to tell us that God can't do it. So we're going to take a moment, and if you need a miracle in your life, we're all going to come down here at one time and we're just going to pray for you and we're all going to lay hands on you to the best of our abilities and, and we're, going to, we're going to see God move. <clears throat> I had a prophetic word during second service in my heart. I felt like the Lord said to me that there are people that are walking in a sense of rejection in their life and that potentially in some capacity you felt rejected. Maybe it was a job, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a, an important relationship Maybe you have sinned in some way and you feel like God is rejecting you and I feel like the Lord just dropped in my heart to tell you that he never rejects you. He loves you and he's drawing you to him today. And if you're walking in any kind of rejection that he's saying to you to to lay it down, earthly rejections are definitely part of life but he does not reject you. He loves you and he asks you to come to him and he wants to just wrap you up and and show you he loves you. So listen, if that's you today, God bless you. You're going to come up, let us pray for you. If you have a miracle, if you have anything, if if your knee's hurting, if your elbow's hurting, if you're having high blood pressure, migraine, headaches, whatever's going on in your life, I recommend you come on down here because we have faith for it. All right. So I'm going to count to three. Everybody come at one time and we'll start praying. Ready? One, two, three, come.